Hey, and welcome to the Healthy Fit Life Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Hanton. Today, we'll be talking to Dr. Heather Hausenbloss, Wellness Discovery Lab's founder and CEO about barriers to exercising and how to overcome them. If you're a fan of the show, please do remember to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and to leave a review if you enjoyed listening. So Heather, thank you for joining us today. How are you doing? Uh, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. Of course. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about uh, barriers to exercising and how to overcome them. I think that's um, a really uh, common topic for a lot of people as they encounter barriers to exercising or to their health. And so we can go ahead and jump right in. So let's talk about one of the a very common barrier, which is time. So when it comes to time, I hear a lot of people say, I don't have time to work out or time to exercise or time to meal prep. Uh, what have you seen on your end when it comes to uh, time being a barrier to a lot of people's health or exercising? Yeah, you're 100% right. Time is the number one barrier that people mm -hmm. report across the research. Right. That's the barrier that you see that comes out number one consistently is people will report that they don't have time yep. to exercise. <laughs> so we look at it from a research standpoint, not necessarily as a barrier, but sometimes it's more of an excuse for right. for for not and the way that we phrase it with people is you have time you can find the time and and make the time and we try to change how people think about it to say no it's not a barrier and here are things that you can do to over to overcome that so that you can so that you actually can can exercise there was a fascinating study that just came out recently uh showing that even as little as two minutes of of walking right after dinner resulted in significant lowering of, of, of blood sugar levels. Oh, wow. So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, you say to people, you, you do have two minutes, right? You can, right. Find, <laughs> you can find that two minutes to to do this for this positive health effect. But we're all crunched for time. We're, we're like racing and running everywhere. And it's a matter right. of, you know, kind of helping people to reprioritize where they, they feel exercise fits in within their day. Right. So you, you, you kind of mentioned a couple of things. You talked about having a mindset shift, right? And and looking at it in terms of of instead of saying you don't have time, but just trying to prioritize what you have going on in your life in order to make time for exercising and for health. Uh and you brought up another great point. It doesn't take you don't need hours in the gym, right? It's just about finding what works best for you. And you mentioned that two minutes. That's you know, everybody has two minutes in their day to exercise even for a quick walk after dinner or in the morning or you know just just doing something for two minutes everybody has that and they could expand on that from there yeah it, it, exactly when you put it in those in that kind of frame for people most people feel though that to exercise it has to be vigorous and kind of right. painful and they need to right. go to the gym to do it and it has to take 60 minutes and that's not the case even a couple of minutes can have a significant you know health effect and i tell people you know even when you're at work um you know go for a walking meeting or after you know after lunch just go for a quick walk with a colleague and right. If you do a walking meeting, then you're getting two things done at the same time. So it's really right. a matter of kind of rephrasing how how people think about things. Yeah, and walking I think is a very underrated um, form of exercise. Um, you can uh, you know, increase the distance, uh, increase the intensity of a walk. You can walk faster. You can walk slower. Um, but most really anybody can and walk, uh, and it's a really easy, low impact exercise for all ages. 
I think it's a very underrated form of exercise. Um, even for, for myself, I'll still do incline walking on the treadmill, which is still walking, but it's just increasing the intensity a little bit, but it's so low impact on my, on my joints that it's, it's far better for me than, than pounding on the pavement. And it's more enjoyable too. Well, I agree. You, you touch on it, right? It's something that everybody can do. And I do think it is underappreciated. And there's a lot of uh, research taking a look at, you know, how many steps do we need to take a day to be, right. to be in kind of the what we hear all the time and what we see on our Fitbits and all these devices is, you know, the goal is 10,000 steps. 10,000, right. <laughs> and it's a nice, easy number to remember. And there's mm-hmm. science to actually back that up that, you know, it's it's a good goal. You can actually get obviously health benefits from, from less. And right. if you're taking even more than 10,000 steps a day, that that's even better for your health, but it's kind mm-hmm. of a nice sweet spot. And then the research backs it up that it's a nice goal for, for people to have. Yeah. And I think it's also just a, uh, when you, when you put numbers behind something, people are more likely to accomplish that. If we, if we just tell people, yeah, just walk more, you know, that, that could, vary depending on the individual, but when you put a number behind it, suddenly it comes, has a lot more weight to it. That goal becomes more, uh, say more attainable, but more real, right? And people think, okay, now I have a number to hit for that goal. So I think it's also just a good tool to, to have people, uh, in terms of what people should be striving for when you put a number behind some sort of goal. So 10,000 steps, uh, is, you know, I think, like you said, the gold standard for the amount of steps you should be taking, but it's just a really good number for people to hit. And puts gives them something to uh, uh, strive towards. Exactly, and it makes it easy. And you, you touch upon the point of you know walking; it, it's convenient for people to do. And when I said you know individuals will say, "Well, I'm at work and I don't have you know the the right you know equipment to to walk," I said, "Well, bring up your mm-hmm. walking shoes into work. Leave it underneath your desk, and right. you can just change out and you know and and off you go." So it's kind of creating this environment as well for people to make it more convenient right. for them and accessible for them to even do a couple minutes of, of light walking during the day. Yeah. You mentioned some really good things, people that can do if they, they feel like they don't have time. And I emphasize they feel when they, the, the feeling part, right. Cause we all have the same amount of time in the day, right. It's just how we allocate that time or how we prioritize that time. But you touched on some really good things that people can do if they want to incorporate uh, exercise in their day, but they feel like they don't have time. So you, uh, you mentioned taking your walking shoes to work, uh, doing walking meetings. Um, what are the, are some other things that people can do if they feel like they don't have time to exercise or for their health or for meal prepping or for just in general? Yeah, it's about, I, I like to, you know, have people kind of combine, you know, and bring two things together, you know, at once, even meal prepping, which can, you know, yeah. something from scratch, it does, it does take time. It's a lot better yes. for us, a lot healthier for us, but yes. it takes time. And I know myself, sometimes I'll be in the kitchen for an hour or two, just, you know, just meal prepping. And right, that's right. when I will, you know, listen to a podcast or listen to an audible or make phone calls yeah. and, or I'll even open up my laptop and be watching something at the same time so that I feel like I'm getting something else accomplished while I'm, right. while I'm 
be doing that. And even when I'm out, um, out walking, oftentimes I'll be having a walking meeting. Not that there's somebody right beside me, but right. I have my, you know, my phone with me and doing it that way so that I feel like I'm being productive. Mm-hmm. And another thing I think is really important for the listeners to understand that yes, exercise is extremely important mm-hmm. for overall health. Probably one of the best things that we can do for, for our health. We know that right. individuals who exercise regularly can live upwards of seven years longer than than sedentary people but it's also light activity during the day has benefits to our health and Mm -hmm. also just standing more during the day and as simple as fidgeting we oftentimes look at fidgeting (laughs) as this negative you know negative behavior meaning that you're 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 not focusing on the task at hand and you're being disruptive but there's been some fascinating research showing that People who will be classified as high fidgeters can burn upwards of 800 calories more a day. And, wow. they're not, and typically they're not even conscious, right, that they're doing it. It's right. the tapping <laughs> and the swaying and stuff, you know, and stuff like that. So I think it's important for people to realize that, yes, going to the gym and that exercise that's at a moderate or vigorous intensity is great. But mm-hmm. also the light activity and the standing during the day is important for your important for your health. So, for example, if you're in a meeting, you can easily stand up during the meeting as opposed to sit. Yeah. You can go <laughs> to the back of the room. I have even students when I'm lecturing that will stand up and stand up near the back. And it, and they say that it helps them keep their, their focus and their attention, which I get because right. you can't really fall asleep, right? When you're, right. Yeah. When you're standing, it's a little, a little bit more of a challenge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those benefits. yeah and I think that's, I, I think that's a common reason why I stand up is because I'm tired and I don't want to fall asleep in, in a meeting. Yeah, I did that in the Marines all the time. We were told just to stand up instead of falling asleep. But I think a great point, though, because uh, standing up you know, does does help you um, is, is better than just sitting down all day, especially if you if you work in an office now and people are going back to the office and, you know, some offices have the the variable desks where you can you know sit or stand. And and some some don't, but uh, if you're going back to the office, I think that's a really good takeaway: is uh, define opportunities during the day in the office to get up and move around, and you know that could be just going to visit, you know, talking to a coworker on the other side of the office, uh, just taking a quick five minute walk to get coffee, but anything you you can do to to, to stay active. And I don't know, I don't know if you see I've seen any of your research of uh, the kind of the negative uh, side effects of just sitting all day. Right. Yeah. We call it almost this, uh, this double whammy of yes, we need to be exercising, but we also need to be standing more standing more during the, during the day, uh, on average, the average person will sit like eight plus hours a day. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And there's just the soul fat, we call it, you know, the, the sitting, you know, the sitting disease, and, um, you know, the couch potato. And yeah, we do like to sit and certainly we can, but try to make a conscious effort. And what we, from a research standpoint, say is try to reduce what we call prolonged sitting, which mm. is sitting for longer than an hour in a row. So okay. Okay. once you've sat for an hour, what you should try to do is it's as simple as just standing up for a minute or two, or maybe just going for a light walk, let's say around the office for, yeah. for a minute or two. And it kind of, you know, resets everything. And right. that's really, really important. There've been fascinating, you know, research studies taking a look at this prolonged, you know, prolonged sitting and saying, mm-hmm. you know, put a reminder on your phone that goes off every hour, just gives you a little ding, right. remind you that you have been sitting and mm-hmm. just as simple as uh, standing up for a couple minutes. Yeah, I think that setting a timer, that's a fantastic uh, suggestion, right? Just setting a timer on your phone or on your 
on your computer as a reminder to get up and move. And like you said, it could just be five minutes uh, of just getting up, moving around, walking, maybe walking to get some water or just walking around your office and then sitting back down. So that's something that I've done uh, when I worked in the office is, is set timers and made, especially if I had back-to-back hour-long meetings and I would try to take five minutes in between meetings just to get up, move around. Uh, and that way I'm not just sitting for, you know, hour after hour after hour, which mm-hmm. does have negative uh, side effects. Yeah. So when it comes to uh, finding time, uh, we talked about a lot of different things people can do. But what about the the mindset that people have when they get in that mindset of, oh, I don't have time or I can't find the time to exercise? Is there anything they can do to change that mindset of going from, I don't, I don't feel like I have time to, okay, now I, I can, I have time to actually exercise. Yeah, it, it's a good question and it's a tough one to answer, but what we find um, from a research standpoint, what's really helpful is to show people how they can schedule it into, okay. into the day. So you, you take a look at your day and, and you track what you, what you've done and then it kind of provides like it, it almost becomes an eye opener to say, oh, my goodness, I spent two hours watching television, right. spent, you know, <laughs> an hour, you know, on on social media so right. that you can then begin to find those, you know, find those gaps in your day where you can make that make the time or the accountability with people mm-hmm. is really, uh, really important. So if you have, for example, if your friends are, are walkers or exercisers, then there's yeah. a pretty good chance that you're going to be also. So you want to surround yourself with people that are going to create success, but have that accountability that, you know, you, you plan for, let's say tomorrow, I'm going to meet my, my friend mm-hmm. at noon and we're going to go for a 20 minute walk. So you have right. that accountability standpoint, which really, really helps people to, um, to get moving when they have to count on somebody else. Yeah. Accountability is, accountability is huge. And, um, and I, I think for me personally, what works really, really well is to at the beginning of the week on Sunday, as I look at my calendar and I schedule out all my workouts so that what I, I know in advance for the next seven days when I'm going to the gym. And that's helped. That's been a huge game changer, just pre-planning my my week and make sure, making sure that I allocate time towards my health. And because uh, I spend a lot of time on my health. Not only do I go to the gym, I go to the chiropractor once a week. Um, I try to stretch, you know, 40 minutes a day and that's a lot of time, but I make sure to, I allocate that time during my day and there are things that I don't do. Uh, I, I rarely, you know, binge watch TV, but those are the things that I, 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 I dropped in favor of, of prioritizing my health. Uh, because at the end of the day, there's only 24 hours. We all have the same amount of time, but it's just a matter of what are we spending our time on and, and what are our priorities in our life? And I think the last thing I'll say is that I think it's okay if someone's uh, number one priority isn't going to the gym, right? But uh, if if someone wants to improve their health, then that has to be somewhat of a priority in their life. And there's really no way around that. I would agree. It's one of the top things you can do for your health. You know, we kind of put it at the at the top and, and the research clearly shows, you know, the top three reasons why people are dying prematurely are, are smoking is number one. Oh, um, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But what's interesting, and then number two and three are, are exercise and diet. So not exercising okay. and eating a poor diet. But mm-hmm. what's happened over the last um, 
few years as more and more people here in North America are not smoking mm -hmm. because of like the, you know, the campaigns yeah. and the laws and everything. What, what has now happened in a few more recent studies, you see exercise actually overtaking oh, smoking as the number one, you know, preventable cause of premature, mm -hmm. premature death. So you have to look at it as something that you should be doing for your overall health. Probably one of the most powerful things that you can do, not look at it as a chore, but try right. to incorporate right. it within your day and make it enjoyable. And I tell people, if you don't like going to the gym and doing <laughs> a spin class, then don't do that. But there are so many other things that you can do, whether it's walking or kayaking, you know, yoga right. in your house. I mean, we you can now open up, you know, your computer and go into YouTube and all these, you know, free workouts will pop oh, up. Yeah. Yep. So it's a matter of, you know, finding what you, you know, finding what you what you like to do and stretch and we forget about that. And I, I love that you do that. Um on a daily basis, because it is really important. And it what is. I've started to do, we have three boys, so our youngest who's 13, what him and I have started to do every once in a while is when we're watching TV, we'll actually stretch while we're watching, while we're watching TV. I do the same thing. So this way, you know, we're, we're um, you know, doing two things at once. And yeah, the, we've talked about the time as, you know, the number one barrier, but what comes out, a, a recent study, um, showed that the number two barrier was that people reported that they were fatigued, that they mm. just didn't have okay. the energy to, okay. um, to do it. They're just too tired. And mm -hmm. what's fascinating from a science standpoint is that after people exercise, they actually report that they have more energy, they right. have more vigor, they're in a better mood. So what we try to tell people and kind of reframe it is, yes, you feel tired and fatigued, but believe it or not, after you go for that like 10 minute walk, mm -hmm. you'll actually have more energy and you'll be, you'll be in a better mood. So it's really trying to change how people think about things. Yeah, you brought up a, a couple of really good points. One, incorporating your family into uh, you know health and wellness, right? And and especially if you have kids, uh, I think it's really important to, to to educate them on nutrition and exercising because that those are lifelong skills that they can use for the rest of their lives. And then when you incorporate your family, then you can turn it into less of a chore and more of a fun activity. Uh, for for your family to do, so I think that's fantastic, and I and I agree with you. I think you have to find uh, activities that you enjoy. Uh, I I love going to the gym. I hate running. I haven't ran since I left the Marines, which was six years ago. And I don't plan on running unless my life depends on it. But uh, I think everybody has to find their own activity that they enjoy. And at the end of the day, uh, I'm a big proponent of strength training, but I also know that not everybody enjoys that. So. One for my clients, I make sure to uh, take that into consideration. If they like cycling, great, go do cycling. Because at the end of the day, I'd rather them be active and enjoy their activity than you know slogging away in the gym, making it feel like that, like you said, a chore, not enjoying it, and then they just quit, right? Exactly, and you're really, really smart to to cater it to to your clients to what do they like because we want to do things that we enjoy. And Absolutely, the same thing yeah. with exercise. There's so many different types of activities that we can find something that a person will person will like. If you like to exercise outside, then then certainly do mm -hmm. it. You know, do it outside. There's actually additional health benefits to mm -hmm. to exercising outdoors. Um, it puts actually people in an even better mood. If right. there's like green space or, or blue space, you know, water, yeah. water around. So, 
Yeah, so let's jump to another barrier, uh, which is uh, it's not convenient enough, right? And so I preach convenience is king. Uh, what have you seen on your end in terms of research or studies uh, that show uh, one of the barriers of, of exercising or health is convenience? Yeah, that comes up quite a bit as one of the, you know, oftentimes in the top five in research studies mm -hmm. as to what are barriers. It's people will say it, it's not convenient mm -hmm. for me because right. the only time I can do it, for example, is late in the evening. Right. And right. if I do it late in the evening, then my heart rate's going to go up and it's going to throw off my throw right. off my nighttime sleep. There has been some fascinating research, which has actually had people exercise vigorously at different times during the day like early morning, you know, mid-afternoon, late into the evening. And what they find is that it doesn't matter when you exercise, as long as you as long as you do it, it's going to be beneficial for you and it's not going to affect your nighttime sleep. You'll actually mm -hmm. sleep better if you yeah. if you exercise. So it's kind of saying, okay, that's, you know, not to worry about, you know, the time that you do it, but to try to make it convenient. So what is going to work for work for you? Um, and to set up your environment so that it's conducive to, to moving during the day. Right. And convenience is going to be subjective for, for, for each individual person. And, um, for example, for me, I'll use myself as an example, when it comes to convenience, when I'm looking for a gym to go to, the first thing I look for is how, how long is it going to take me to get there? Uh, because I know myself that if it's too, the, the longer I have to drive, the less likely I'm going to go. And so the gym I go to is eight minutes away and there's multiple locations in the, in the DFW area. That's one of the things I look for in a gym and I care less about the amenities and I care more about how, how convenient is it for me to get there and back. Um, and I, I know again for myself that if it's not convenient enough, then it just decreases the chance of me consistently going to the gym. So I think everybody has to figure out what's convenient for them and then just pursue that. Agreed. And it, you know, you have to take a look at your personality, what's going to work. And I think one of the potential, you know, silver linings of COVID was that now we can easily, you know, exercise at home. There are so right. many things that make it really easy and it can't be any more convenient than that if you can do it in the comfort, right? Right. Of your, yeah. own, of your own home. <laughs> yeah. And I think it, that, oh, good. Yeah. And I just want to say, you know, another barrier that, that co comes out quite a bit is weather. Well, people will report that, oh, right. you know, the weather, it's just, it's too hot. It's too cold. And we do know in these more of these extreme um, temperature ranges, when it's really, really hot or really, really cold, people are mm -hmm. less likely to exercise. But the way that, that we look at it from a, a science standpoint is there's, there's really not bad weather. There's just bad clothing right. and prepare, <laughs> you know, prepare for it. And you can get outside um, pretty much, you know, no matter what the weather is, I mean, pending not a hurricane, we're here in Florida. So we just right, had that yeah. <laughs> hurricane come through. So within, within reason, um, you know, embrace the elements and be prepared for what the, um, you know, what the weather may be and, and embrace it. So it's really, you know, once again, we look at these barriers oftentimes as more of, you know, more of an excuse. And another right. common barrier people will say is that it, it's cost too much. It's expensive. Mm -hmm. to exercise. And now, I mean, you can say, well, all you need are a comfortable pair of walking shoes and you can go walking or you can get all of these, you know, free, um, you know, exercise videos that you can yep. do, you know, do at home. So there's, there's ways to get around typically almost any barrier that somebody reports. But what's interesting when you ask people, 
What are your barriers to exercise? What continually happens is people who are regular exercisers, they really don't report a lot of barriers to exercise, mm -hmm. but the non-exercisers, their list is really, really long <laughs> for, yeah. why they, so for why they don't do it and all of their barriers. So it's a matter of just kind of, you know, going through those and, and you know, reframing for people. Yeah, you you, uh, you brought up a good point. Uh, we talk about barriers. A lot of times they're just excuses. So, um, you know, for, I think weather's a really great example. Obviously, you don't want to uh, work out in a hurricane or a tornado. But, um, you know, if, if, if there's some light rain, maybe wear a jacket. Is it and then it, it does get cold uh, in Dallas. And but is it too cold to, to go for a walk? Uh, maybe, maybe not. Um, likewise, when I lived in Tampa, you know, there's a lot of hot a lot of hot weather, a lot of rain, but uh, is that really is that really a barrier or is is that is that an excuse? I think sometimes people have to do a lot of self analysis and really really ask themselves: Is that really an issue, or am I just making excuses? Exactly, and it's really sitting down and talking with people and having them take a look at okay, what is what is going on? And yeah, I mean, weather. I mean, living in Florida, it gets hot in the summer here. Yeah. So, you know, exercise earlier in the morning or later in the you know later in the evening. So there's ways that you can get around it, but what it does require is some planning and and scheduling of it into your right. day. Yeah, planning is crucial. Um, I think that's one thing that separates people who are successful versus unsuccessful is the planning. Uh, and there are some crucial things that I, I know and my, I have tried to have my clients plan for. So workouts, so make sure that they're, the workouts are on this consistently on the same day if possible. And they're pre-planned in advance. Uh, same thing with meal prepping. Meal prepping does take some planning, right? Cause you have to plan out what you're going to prep. You have to plan when you, you're going to go to the store and buy the ingredients and you got to plan time to actually do the meal prep. But all that planning and preparation has huge benefits uh, down the road for that week, especially when it comes to your nutrition. Uh, and I'm, I love planning. So for me, it just, it, it works out really well, but I do empathize with people who are not maybe natural planners and struggle with uh, creating a plan and sticking to it. Right. And it's tough. And you bring up the good point, too, about the, the meal prep. And there are some interesting cookbooks out there now, you know, cook once um, and, and eat all week. So you prep one day and they're kind of creative, different meals, but on the same variation of what you've what you've cooked. And I know, yeah. you know, this past Sunday there was football on. So I was, you know, chopping my vegetables while I was also watching, you know, watching oh, yeah, yeah. The football <laughs> game as well. So I kind of felt like I was being semi, you know, semi-productive as well, but it is really important. There's just so many health benefits to eating at the house and, and cooking that I can't just stress that, you know, stress that, stress that enough, but it does, yeah. it does take a little bit of time, but it's one of the best things you can do for your overall health. Yeah, and you know, if, if you if you're if you can afford it, there's always a meal prep services, uh, right, where they'll either deliver you meals for you or you'll deliver ingredients for you if you can afford it. Another another great option, but uh, for me, for me personally, I, I do the same thing where I'll I'll listen to something or I'll be watching TV while I'm meal prep. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, my meal prep is very very simple, but uh, for me, simplicity is is key. Uh, and I, I don't mind eating chicken, broccoli, and rice every once in a while. Um, but I want to touch on something you mentioned. You mentioned that um, I think you mentioned when people people who exercise consistently have a lot less barriers compared to people who don't exercise consistently. 
um, what what are some changes in in their in the mindset between people who uh, work out consistently have very few barriers versus people who don't work out consistently and have a lot of barriers? What like what's the difference in their mindset? What are some things that you notice that are different between those two types of people? Yeah, one of the one of the big things is that people who who exercise they they plan and they and they schedule it and it's inherent within how we define exercise and in, in that it's planned and structured, you know, mm-hmm. leisure time, physical activity. So you do it during your free time and it is planned and people know pretty oftentimes right to the minute, how long they, how long they actually exercise right, yeah. <laughs> for, because we know when you're, when you're engaging in this moderate or vigorous physical activity. So it's really the scheduling and and the planning of it. Most mm. people, you ask them the night before, are you going to exercise? You know, the next oh, yeah. day, they'll right. be able to tell you and also tell you like when, where, and with who they're going to be doing right. it. Right, right. So it's not a random thing that they're just going to do. They're it's pre-planned in advance. Exactly. And that that, make, that makes complete sense. That yeah. makes complete sense because if you, you know, pl- it's just like we, we, you know, we schedule our lunch meetings, and we know right. our what our lunch meetings are going to be, or our coffee meetings, you know, for the week. It's the same thing with exercise, and to to look at it this way, make it a priority because it's so important for your health. Because people mm-hmm. who move um, uh, physiologically, it affects every system in your body positively, but also psychologically, which we tend to forget that people who who move more are going to be in a better mood. They're going to report that they're happier, that they're more content, that they have less anxiety, less depression. They're going to report that they have more energy during the day and they can also focus, you know, focus more. And these are a lot of things that the people say, oh, I'm tired and, you know, I'm having a difficult time paying attention. Well, exercise gives you all of these, all of these advantages. And then at nighttime, you're also going to sleep Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and it makes sense too, why by planning ahead is so uh, conducive to consistently exercising because planning ahead just automatically removes a lot of barriers that you, that you'll, you'll face or you'll encounter when trying to be consistent with, with exercising or staying active, right? It removes, uh, the priority or the time it removes, um, if it's not convenient enough. And then I do want to jump to uh, one more barrier, uh, your, the environment, right? And I think that's another barrier that gets removed when you plan ahead. Exactly. You know, the, the environment where we live is probably one of the strongest predictors of whether we move or not. So, for example, do you live in a place that has, you know, nice sidewalks that are connected? Are the right. houses close, you know, close together? Is there a lot of what we call mixed land use? Um, right. I know where I live, for example, I can walk within a couple of minutes to to some shops and 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 grab and grab a coffee you know do you feel safe safe as well so what you want to do is take a look at your environment and what you can do you know about it even you know your home environment and maybe it's you know getting a, a stationary bike or maybe it's getting you know some yoga blocks that you can use to to stretch you know when you're right. watching TV it's kind of you know thinking ahead and trying to be prepared for yeah. it yeah, and, and not just uh, and when you talk about the home uh, environment, but it's also the people around you, right, that are, are part of that environment that could uh, help or hurt you from being active or consistently being active. Exactly. If you take a look at, you know, I, I say to people, do your friends exercise? Because right. yeah. if your friends exercise, it's almost 100% that they are as well. Right. So try to surround right. yourself with, you know, with success that way. We do know that 
parents that are active are more likely to have to have active kids. There's that role mm-hmm. modeling going going around. If you live in an environment where you see a lot of people out walking, then right. you are more likely to go and do do that as well or biking, biking also. Yeah, I, I, you brought up a good point about the environment. It, it, it's not just the environment that you're in today that has an impact, but also the environment that you grew up in, right? That'll have an impact on obviously who you are now. Um, now that, that can be over. That's, you know, that's not an excuse, but it, it, as I think, especially as parents, it's also important to ask ourselves, uh, what kind of environment are we, do we have for our kids? I don't have kids, but I do have clients that have kids and uh, I tell them all the time, what kind of, what kind of environment do you want to have for your kids? What kind of example do you want to set for them when it comes to health and staying active? Yeah, and it's, it's really important. It's interesting. Today, I believe, is International Walk to School Day. Oh, so really? We now, oh. We, have, we now actually have a day to promote walking to school. And, oh, okay. you know, back 10, 20, 30 years ago, um, significantly more kids walked to school mm-hmm. than, they, than they do today. And that was a big part of how kids got, kids got activity. Now it's, you know, busing or parents driving them. And there's a whole host of reasons, a whole host of reasons why. But that's an important part of, of kids getting activity and they get some activity then yep. before they before they start school. So there's a lot of campaigns trying to bring back that fact of, hey, kids can kids can walk to school. And mm-hmm. one of the big barriers that's reported for why kids don't walk to school is safety. Saying right. that, right. saying right. that it's not um, that it's not safe. But what's really interesting when you take a look at, you know, in general, no, crime and, and safety, it's not that we've become um, uh, a more unsafe environment over mm-hmm. the last several decades. But what has changed is our access to it through media and social media. So now we hear about it so much more than we did, you know, 20, 30 years ago that we're more aware of it. So our perception is that it's so much, so much less safe to right. let our kids just wander around in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the perception is really a really key component. Um, and and you, like you mentioned earlier, if, if the perception is that you know walking is a part of what your environment, and not just the home, but just your neighbors or your communities, that, that's what they do, then you're going to be more likely to also do that thing, right? If you see everyone walking their dog, then you're more likely to walk your dog. If you see everyone jogging, you're more likely to jog in your neighborhood, right? So I, th- I do think that perception is key. It can hurt, hurt us or help us. Exactly. When it comes to the environment, you mentioned um, a couple of things. So you mentioned uh, surrounding yourself by the right people, but what are some other things that people can do to help overcome the, the, the environment barrier when it comes to their health or staying active or exercising? Yeah. So we have, you know, the social environment, which is, you know, who, who we're, um, who we're with, but we also have the physical environment. So our physical environment can consist of, you know, all of our surroundings. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also, we also have the built environment, which, it, which is part of that. And we know that it's one of the strongest predictors of, of whether people engage in physical activity or not. So put it in perspective, there's a fascinating kind of classic study that w- was done back in 1980, but it's been replicated many, many times where it was a very simple study that was done in a train station where the stairs and the escalator were side by side. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And what they did is they tracked how many people took the stairs versus the escalator. And of course, there okay. were more people that were taking the escalator. Right, so they right. more. <laughs> and then what they did is they posted a very, very simple sign right by the stairs in the escalator. And it was a picture of this really healthy buff heart running up the stairs. <laughs> and this really kind of overweight, unhealthy, slothy looking um, uh, heart taking the escalator stating, you know, what 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 choice right. are you going to make? And it almost happened at like, you know, almost like a split second basis when people are rushing to off the train, they would see that sign. And just by placing that sign and changing the physical environment, then significantly more people took the stairs than the than the escalator. So. Try to take a look at your environment and take a look at ways that you can um, change it so that you are getting more activity. And someone will say, well, what's the big deal about taking, you know, uh, you know, you know, 20 extra stairs a day? Well, believe it or not, it does add up over the course of a day and can make a significant difference in in people's health. We do know that people that live in areas, you know, that do have, you know, more parks, more green space, more blue space are more likely to. Um, to engage in physical activity. And like we've said, mm-hmm. when you see other people out there, um, you're also more likely to do it. Yeah. And that's, that's a really interesting study. Just, uh, a simple little change, uh, you know, led to people taking the stairs more often. And I'll be honest, you know, sometimes I see the stairs and I see the escalator and I think, well, you know, this one's easier, this one's harder, right? So, yeah. you know, it's really easy to take the easy option. And I think that, I think part of it is not just, uh, yeah, stair taking the stairs over over the day is is good and beneficial for you, but it's also that mindset of, you know, are you going to take the easy way out? Or are you going to take the, the the harder way out, but not too hard, just a little harder, um, and 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 take that and then extrapolate that across you know your entire life, right? Exactly. If you make things visible, like for example, put your running shoes, your walking shoes, right by the door. So right. it's visible and then you will actually see it. It's like in your kitchen. We do know that if you have your fruit and vegetable bowl, bowl mm. out there on the island and it's accessible and everybody sees it and it's the first thing that they see, then people in your house are going to definitely be eating more fruits and vegetables than <laughs> right. other that don't have that. And if you take your junk food and like put it in the back of the cupboard or put it in the pantry that's a little bit out right. of the way, even that simple thing actually has an incredible effect. Oh yeah, I think that that's something that I do as well. Is I, I try not to have any food in my house that I don't want to eat. Right, it's just taking control, complete control of my environment. It's not it's not realistic for everybody, but that works. That works really well for me. Is if it's not, if I don't have it, then I'm not going to eat it. And but that that's the level of control I want over my environment. And again, it's not 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 feasible or applicable to everybody, but. Uh, something as simple, like you mentioned, is just putting out the fruit. So that way you visually see it every time you walk through the kitchen um, and then putting away the chips and the candy in the cupboard in the back, maybe, or making it a little, maybe you put it on the top, top shelf, making it a little harder to access. Right. And so just priming your own environment uh, to kind of help with your goals is really, really important. Right. It is. And even something, you know, like ice cream, don't buy ice cream, mm-hmm. but make it a treat so that you actually leave the house and you go out to, to, to get it. And then yeah. it'll be a little more special when you go to do it and you, then you won't do it all the time. Right. Yeah. Ice cream is one of my top three favorite foods. It's number two. And uh, it's, it's, it's definitely my, my weak, my weak point. But you're absolutely right. 
if I have to go out and get it, I, I have a, I have a Brahms, which is a really popular ice cream chain. It's about five minutes from my house, but I noticed that even that five minutes of driving, I, I think, Hmm, do I really want to go out and, and drive five minutes and may, maybe sit in line for ice cream? And usually I don't, but if it's in the house, it's gone that same day or the next day. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yep. So, uh, we've talked about time and convenience and environments and some other barriers. Uh, and one of the common themes that I've gotten out of this is how much, how crucial planning is to overcoming all these barriers. Right. Um, you mentioned putting out the shoes, you're running shoes ahead of time, right? Well, that's planning, right? That impacts your environment. That's planning, um, meal prepping, planning, uh, scheduling time to go to, to, to the gym or to exercise again, planning. Uh, so it sounds like planning is really the, the key component that, uh, least either will lead to a lot of success or if you don't do it will lead to very little success. Exactly. And it, it's inherent within, you know, the definition of exercise that it's planned, mm-hmm. you know, structured physical activity. So look at it as something, you know, very important for your overall health that you that you need to that you need to do and figure out during your day when you can do it and make it enjoyable and how oh, like yeah. whatever activity or whoever you want to do it with make sure that you make it enjoyable and that you make it as convenient you know convenient as possible yeah convenience is king and i think the last thing i'll say is i uh, I, I know i have a really strict schedule but one thing that I've done and I, I encourage other clients to do is to, to try out, to try different things out, right? Try working out in the morning, try working out at lunchtime, try working out in the evening, try going for walks during the day, try to just try different things to figure out what works best uh, for you and, and your schedule and your life. Um, I think it's really easy, especially with social media to see what other people are doing and then try to copy that. Um, but really it has to be individualized and you have to figure out what works best for you. So I think experiment, I I highly encourage all my clients to experiment to figure out what works best for their schedule, because at the end of the day, what matters more to me is that they're, that they're consistent and not perfect. And if they can stay consistent, great. Um, But sometimes it takes a little while for them to get there because they have to figure out what works best for them and their schedule. Right. It, it's so smart that you say that because it's not a, an all or one. And we are going to, there's going to be times where things come up and we're going to miss a day or two or three, right? Right. Of exercise. And, and that's okay. It's to get back on and, and start to do it and realize. I, I say, you know, I'm going to have malfunctions during the day. <laughs> yeah. And it's how yeah. I go about and handle, you know, handle those. Like, for example, the other day I got up to, to go and, and, and exercise and my son hadn't put the garbage out. So I rushed <laughs> to put the garbage out. And by the time I did that, I was too late for my exercise class. So I was like, right. oh, well, you know, and so I just decided just to go for a quick little walk in the walk in the neighborhood. And I, I call those my malfunctions that I have yeah. during the day mm-hmm. and to have like some type of a backup backup plan because know that it's important for for me to do it and for everybody to do it and figure, figure yeah. it out. But know that oftentimes we create our plans, but there are things that are going to come up that are going to make it difficult for us to stick with it. Absolutely. And I think it's just, uh, understanding when it's okay to, uh, miss a workout or to, to skip going to the gym. Cause I think there are times when there are other priorities that are going to come up that are going to be more important than, 
then that that class or that workout, right? Your kids, your family, uh, many other different things. And I think so. I think it's just uh, uh, you kind of got to learn a little bit about okay, what's actually what can I miss versus what can I not miss? Um, yeah, you know, exactly. Like the glass may, balls yeah. versus the rubber balls. Yeah, you make it, you know, that priority. People say, well, how long do I need to do this before it becomes a habit right. and it's ingrained within me? And that's a difficult, um, difficult question to answer with a specific number. On average, we're looking at um, about, uh, you know, about 60 days before something okay. really becomes a habit. But there's big variability within that. An interesting study that took a look at how long it, it took people to make something a habit range anywhere from as little as 18 days all the way up to 256 days for mm. some individuals. And kind of that sweet spot of the average, you know, was around was around 60. And the big thing that came out of this study was that, you know what, it, it's okay to miss a day or two or three of, right. you know, your healthy eating or, you know, drinking your glass of water right when you what right when you wake up. Um, but what's most important is that you you realize that it's okay to to miss miss some days, but to get right back on. Yeah, and I think that's that's a really good um uh uh uh, wrapping up point is it's okay to miss uh, some days, but we don't want to miss every day, but it's okay to miss uh, a couple days here and there. And, and really it's all about consistency and um, habits are key. Right. And I think that's, that could probably do a whole, whole episode on just habits and how to develop habits and healthy habits. Um, but like, like you said, it's okay to miss a day or two. Um, but, you know, just be, be aware of, of, not turning that into a long-term uh, thing where you're just missing the next day and then the next day and the next day, which is really easy to do once you start that, once you go down that path of missing a day or two, then that could easily turn into a week or a month if you're not careful. Oh, a hundred percent. And you bring up, a, you know, this, this good point of this is why, you know, the physical activity, the exercise guidelines are continually revised. And mm -hmm. the latest ones state that you somewhere over the course of the week need to be accumulating 150 minutes of moderate activity a week to meet the guidelines or 75 minutes of vigorous activity. And okay. if you're a super busy person and you say you don't have a lot of time during the week, you can actually accumulate all those minutes on the weekend and still meet the, you know, you know meet the benefits. So yeah. there's ways that people need to kind of look at it. if you have a busy week, um, then try to do it on the weekends then. Yeah. I think it's just finding time, figuring out what works best for you. Mm -hmm. If it's Saturday and Sunday, you know, that's better than nothing. Right. And, and, and sometimes it's just finding a good place to start and then building on that. And so I, I have clients that they only do 30 minutes, three times a week. And that's, that's good enough for them for right now. And, you know, hopefully we can build on that, but it is better than nothing. Right. And it's just trying to figure out what works best for each person and for you. And then going from there and then building on that. Um, I, I know when I first really started getting into training, I jumped into five days a week strength training, but I loved it. Uh, but that's not feasible for everybody. And so I I've had to learn as a, as a trainer that, I can't just throw people out there, expect them to strength train five days a week, you know, an hour a session or hour and a half a session. That's not realistic. And so uh, it's sometimes just about learning what works best for you and then sticking to that and be consistent with that. Exactly. So smart. So I think we uh, covered quite a bit. Um, and I think we also highlighted uh, some ways that people can overcome uh, common barriers. And again, uh, to emphasize Planning is crucial. 
Are there any other last minute takeaways uh, that you wanted to get out to the listener? You know, I've really enjoyed this conversation. And just to get out to the listener, you know, that your whole day matters and take a look at, you know, the exercise is important, but try to stand and do light activity more during the during the day. Um, And it's okay to miss a day or two. Yep, I agree. So it's okay to miss a day or two. That's a good lesson for me as well. <laughs> but again, thank you, Heather, for um, appearing and and giving us a lot of different uh, insights into the bears and ways to overcome those bears when it comes to exercising in our health. And so that wraps up today's episode. And thank you very much for listening. And make sure to check out Dr. Heather Hausenblas on social media. I'll include those social media links in the podcast notes. Uh, so make sure to check those out. And if you're a fan of the show, please do remember to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and leave a review if you enjoyed listening. Until next episode, take care of yourselves. And remember, the best project you'll ever work on is you. 